Good morning, good evening, welcome to episode 47 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus. I'm Sam Miller in Long Beach, California. I'm with Ben Lindbergh in New York, New York. Ben, did it trouble you at all to find out today that darn near half our staff had never heard of Gangnam Style? (laughs) Uh, It troubles me a little bit just because every website on the internet has been linking to those videos nonstop for the last few weeks. Um, otherwise, no. Yeah, I guess it shows how committed we are to baseball prospecting mm-hmm. that we uh, are not distracted by such petty <laughs> things. Um, do you want to talk about baseball? Uh, sure, let's do that. Um, I want to talk about Alex Anthopoulos. And I would like to talk about uh, your piece today, uh, yesterday in your world, uh, about playoff aces all right uh so neither neither of us has caught world cup uh, or world baseball championship qualifying fever huh <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's strange I, when you go to mlb.com there are, and you click on news there are a lot of news about the pennant races interspersed with news about countries that have baseball teams that i didn't know have baseball well, teams and they're playing don't. games yeah, don't spoil anything. I'm taping them. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, so Alex Anthopoulos, um, shortly before we started recording, I read a article that was critical of Alex Anthopoulos, which is not something I'm used to seeing. Um, he has kind of been the darling or one of the darlings of the internet for the past couple of years uh, based on the things he says and the moves that he makes, uh, which have been generally perceived as very smart and having a good process and all those uh, fancy new GM terms. Can I interrupt you real quick? Yes, you can. Uh, I know about the moves he's made. Um, I don't know that much, to be honest, about what he said. What has he said? What is his style? Uh, well, I mean, he... Obviously, when he took over, he hired a million scouts, uh, which is not something that you normally see from uh, maybe a guy who's perceived as a numbers guy. But he is, he's, you know, he's that style of new GM who talks about blending stats and scouting all the time and just kind of, I don't know, he, he sort of talks the the sabermetric party line almost, or at least the the multidisciplinary party line that is common to the, the new breed of GMs and which tends to get you endeared to uh, people who write about baseball on the internet. Okay. Um, so anyway, he has, uh, you know, he, he has acquired a, a very good reputation over the past few years, and now suddenly it seems like there's some backlash uh, against him, against the Blue Jays. Um, People are apparently upset about his handling of the Unel Escobar situation and possibly having let him off too easy. Uh, I don't really want to get into that, but he is also getting criticized for just how the team is doing and how he has constructed the roster. Um, Greg Zahn, who is an analyst for Sportsnet, said that the Blue Jays clubhouse is consequence-free and called Anthopolis a sabermetrician, a bean counter. 
the same Greg Zahn we should note who predicted Jeff Mathis' offensive breakout this year. Yes, exactly. Um, so Anthopolis kind of downplayed it, but uh, apparently this is at least uh, a narrative in Toronto these days that people are a little frustrated with him. Um, so it's been almost exactly three years since he was hired, uh, and that reminded me of a Bill Feck quote, which everything does. Uh, which is, it has always been my belief that you have three years to produce a winning team after you come to town. If after that time you haven't come through, I suspect that the value of entertainment and publicity and promotion will fall off very substantially. Um, So the Blue Jays in 2010, his first full season as GM, finished 85 and 77. The Blue Jays this year are 66 and 81. So if you want to play that, uh, extremely simplistic game that politicians play where they say, are you better off than you were three or four years ago and uh, use whatever facts supports their case in most cases. Uh, you could point at the Blue Jays record and say, are the Blue Jays better off now than they were when Alex Anthopoulos took over? Um, that would not be, uh, that would not make him look very good. Do you think that now that he's been there three years, uh, that it's fair to judge him for the lack of success at the major league level. Um, obviously, he has built an impressive farm system. Uh, there are things to be optimistic about, but the results haven't been there really at the major league level. So do you think uh, his reputation should be at all tarnished, or is it too soon? I think that there's probably um, some element of this is a reaction to the Orioles. Um, there's mm-hmm. always been a sense that the AL East was the haves and have-nots, and the Rays had somehow managed to bust through in uh, an extraordinary way, but they were still uh, the outlier. And now that the Orioles have uh, managed to uh, get into a playoff position this year the blue jays are really the only one who hasn't been able to figure out a way to leapfrog the powers and um we've talked about the orioles so much uh, but um there is a, a certain element of any single season that is um to to a large degree probably out of the that was my wedding ring i don't know if you heard that uh <laughs> i have no idea where it is now um All right, ladies sam is married <laughs> it's in the garage somewhere. Um, anyway, uh, totally disrupted. Uh, there's an element to any season that is, uh, to some degree, out of the general manager's hands. And if you think that three years is the point where a GM should have a team uh, that is his own, that is probably fair. But I think to judge any GM on one year of performance is not fair. And that's essentially what you're doing. If you're saying this is the first year of, of Anthopolis, then um, it's, uh, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily say that this year is definitive. Uh, it hasn't been a good year, obviously, um, but it's been a year that's been uh, badly disrupted by injuries. Now, on the other hand, you could say that it's been a year where he's gotten a uh, shockingly great season out of Edwin Encarnacion, um, a player who he wasn't even responsible for bringing in, um, and uh, that there are various things that have gone right for Toronto. But, I mean, largely it's been a year that has been disrupted by injuries, uh, where the Blue Jays have underperformed their run differential, where some things haven't really broken right for them. Um, But I don't think it's a worthless roster by any means. And uh, I also 
can't really think of a deal that he's made that I uh, that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. And I just have I mean, I guess well, you know, even the Napoli for Francisco trade, I thought made a lot of sense at the time. And um, uh, so I'm not even going to hold that against him. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I would say that I'm not turned uh, against him by any means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, at the height of the Anthopolis love, uh, kind of after all of the excellent prospects they acquired and getting rid of Vernon Wells, um, I remember Kevin Goldstein basically saying, you know, he seems to be very smart and he seems to be doing very smart things, but hold on, folks, you know, he hasn't won anything yet. Um, so he was kind of taking the, the contrarian view, uh, which maybe now is becoming uh, something more of a mainstream view in that that success hasn't been there yet. And, and I mean, maybe it is unfair to label him a failure in any way, but maybe it's also unfair to put him in the same class as uh, a Friedman or someone like that who has actually translated uh, what seems to be a good process into good results. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, there's, um, you know, there's multiple tiers that we talk about when we uh, praise a GM. Um, And I don't think that not being in the very, very top tier uh, with the uh, with the most exceptional GMs means that you're a failure. Um, as you wrote earlier this year, there's a lot of smart GMs, and and being a smart GM does not guarantee you success anymore. Um, but I would certainly say that he is a GM that I would be uh, perfectly happy to have as my team's GM, uh, especially if my team were, for instance, like the Dodgers, and he were replacing a guy like Ned Galletti. Um, and uh, you know, I I would hope that. That this um, that this meme does not catch on to the point where it becomes hard for him to keep his job because I think he deserves uh, certainly a few more tries. Although I don't know that the Blue Jays are necessarily in a good position to compete either. I don't. I, I imagine that we can have this conversation in three years and he will have not won anything just because of the uh, structural disadvantages that Toronto faces. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, you wanted to talk about me. Yeah, uh, so I really liked your piece today. Um, you wrote about um, aces and the idea, the sort of a long accepted conventional wisdom that a team with a dominant ace has an advantage in the postseason. Um, and you had Colin devise a numerical means of testing this, and what you found was that there was virtually, well, there was less than no correlation, I think, mm-hmm. uh, between having the best ace in your series and actually winning more games than your opponent. And this surprised me because if, well, I guess it surprises me that uh, in a larger sense, it surprises me that we have not zeroed in on even a single variable that we can connect to postseason success. Yes. Uh, And uh, it surprises me that this is not one that would show up because the fact is that October baseball is not the same as April to September baseball. Uh, there are more innings given to your the top of your staff. There are more starts, a higher proportion of starts given to your ace. And it seems totally intuitive that it, um, it would benefit a team to have a Justin Verlander uh, at the top of their rotation. Uh, and so I guess what I want to know is... Um, do you think that there is, uh, why do you think it is that October baseball so closely mirrors 
regular season baseball in results, despite the fact that it's uh, in many ways, in many ways, I mean, I didn't name all of them, but there are a lot of ways. It is a very different game. Mm -hmm. Yes, that is a good question. I don't know. I wrote in the article that, uh, you know, we try very, very hard to find any hint of, of something, of some kind of element of team construction that would give someone an advantage in the playoffs um, because it is the time in the season where we we look at, at stretches of three or five or seven games and, and we try to predict who will win, which is not really something we ever do uh, for the first five months of the season. And, you know, it's it's kind of frustrating that we can't come up with some secret sauce, as we used to call it. Even the secret sauce that we used to uh, cite has now been retired when we found that it didn't really predict uh, how well a team would do. So every theory that's been advanced, and you're right, many of them are very persuasive. Um, you know, it, it, it would seem to make sense that having an ace that you could uh, rely heavily on would help you. Um, and it, I mean, a lot of the other theories that people have advanced, whether it's teams that play small ball or teams that finish the season strong uh, or teams that have a good defense or a good closer, um, whatever it is, they you can make sort of compelling arguments for all of them. And then they all turn out not to show very much. And, and Colin, who has uh, looked at this issue much more than I have and more intelligently than I have, has basically reached the conclusion that there's not much more we can do than say regular season record is the best predictor of, of postseason success and that to try to drill down uh, to any deeper level and isolate one element of performance is just a futile exercise. I don't know why that is. Um, obviously, we are dealing with smaller sample sizes. We're dealing with better competition. Um, but it, it, you know, I don't know exactly why it wouldn't help to be able to rely on a, a good pitcher at the top of the rotation. I guess uh, I cited some examples of teams that didn't really have, uh, you know, they didn't really have a, a dominant ace at the top of the rotation, but they did have strong rotations, such as the 2005 White Sox, who had four starters who all made a lot of starts and made good starts. Uh, and none of them was dominant or struck out seven guys even per nine innings, but they were all good. Uh, and so it's understandable, I guess, why a team like that that has three or four very good starters would be just as likely to succeed as a team that has an ace, since having an ace doesn't guarantee that you have a good second starter or third starter. Um, there's other ways that you could look at this. You could kind of look at a top-heavy rotation uh, as opposed to a more evenly distributed rotation, which is a little different than just looking at an ace alone. But I think Colin tried to look into that too and, and again, didn't find anything compelling. Interesting. I was going to suggest that uh, rather than just looking at the ace, maybe um, the difference between the top three starters right. and the bottom two mm -hmm. might might reveal something mm -hmm. um, yeah. because that's really, uh, I don't know, a, a bit more of a complete picture mm -hmm. of what a team's rotation is going to be like in the postseason. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think Colin looked into that a bit and didn't immediately see anything that jumped out as a as a real effect.
Okay, so two questions for you. One, do you think that we will find a secret sauce at some point in the next, um, I don't know, 16 years? Uh, because you, you cited the small sample, and each series is a small sample, but we're not really dealing with a small sample. I'm sure Colin looked at, what, eight? How many years did Colin look at? Uh, since 95. So that's so that's 17 years of yeah. you know I mean that's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, it's not really a small sample. It's I mean this is this has had plenty of time to show up. So uh, the two questions are: Do you think some, that we will find something in the future? And do you personally, looking at this team, this year's uh, likely playoff teams, have a um, a pick that you think is likely to? Um, to do well in the postseason because of their roster? Do you have a sort of a gut sense of what matters in the postseason? I would guess that someone in baseball or someone's in baseball working for a team or teams has some inkling of what works better in the playoffs. I would bet that that someone has studied that, uh, someone whose job it is to discover that information and has come to some more meaningly more meaningful conclusion than regular season record is the best we can do. I'm I'm sure there are things that people have found and perhaps we too will find that on the internet someday. Um, I'm guessing though that it's not uh, it's not that sizable an effect and that maybe it wouldn't be so significant that you'd really construct your regular season roster mm-hmm. in such a way as to as to make it suitable for the playoffs that's kind of yeah. suspicion well can i interrupt though you i mean you looked at the playoff odds changes of the trade deadline trades and these i mean they're making trades they're giving away things they're taking on salary for trades that increase playoff odds by one or two percent right and if you would increase your playoff odds by one or two percent certainly you would do something to your roster that would increase your postseason odds by a few percent, especially if you are in a position like the Nationals or the Reds were, knowing that you were likely to make the playoffs, right? Yes, assuming that uh, whatever that thing is that gives you the advantage wouldn't put you at some sort of disadvantage over uh, the course of the regular season. Um, Yeah, but by July, I mean, there are plenty of teams in the 90% uh, per playoff odds by by late July. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think if if teams thought there was a real advantage, they would try to exploit it. Um, so as long as it's not the sort of thing where you'd be either, I don't know, tying up too much of your payroll uh, by trying to capture this postseason uh, advantage and costing yourself in other areas, um, if that were the case, maybe it wouldn't happen. But... But you're right. Uh, it doesn't have to be a big advantage for teams to still try to exploit it. Um, I, I guess I would just kind of pick the Nationals as the best team or the most likely team to win out of the National League, even without Steven Strasburg. Uh, by the way, the Reds became the first team to clinch a playoff spot, but we shouldn't talk about that. Tonight they did? Uh, I think so, yeah. Because the Nationals, Nationals did as well. As well, yes. Um, and so I think I would choose the Nationals, and if it weren't for uh, the whole league strength thing, I would probably take the Nationals overall. Um, it seems to be the opinion of Colin, who has studied this, that the disparity between the leagues is still significant enough that uh, you probably wouldn't pick a National League team, even if it's the best National League team. Um, 
he in his in his chat yesterday picked the Rangers and the Nationals, which is what his uh, he's working on some World Series odds to complement our playoff odds, and that is what they suggest that the Rangers would be the the favorite and. And the Rangers are, were kind of the inspiration for my piece about Aces um, because as well as you Darvish has pitched lately, uh, they haven't really had the dependable Ace type all season. Um, so I'm I'm going against the Ace theory. And I guess I would take the, the Rangers and the Nationals. You, uh, you Darvish is having a very good start as we record this podcast, and he has been extremely ace-like for um, a while. So I think uh, – anyway, regardless, end of show. It's the weekend. I'll talk to you Sunday night. I'll talk to all of you Monday morning, and we hope you have a very pleasant weekend.